I don't know how to segue into a fun show. <laughs> I don't know how to change the course now. I can't change the vibe now, and I don't know what to do. This is We Have Concerns. Hi, Jeff Kanata. Hi, Anthony Carboni. Hello, concerned citizens. Anthony Space. It's big. Take me there. It's big. It's real big. Take me there. I know it's just for rich people, but take me there. I'll, and not even to not even to colonize, just to just to die in the vacuum. Yeah, I mean, it's that's where I'm at this week. Seems so peaceful. Let me just die in the peaceful vacuum of space. Well, for the love of God, you know, space is real big. In order to get anywhere, it's going to take a real, real long time to get anywhere that we want to go. If we want to get to another star system, it's going to take. Like a long, like a long time. I, I haven't really done the calculations, but longer than I want to spend. Let's just say that. You know, you know, long car rides are not pleasant. Mm-hmm. But science fiction has had a solution for us, Anthony. Hypersleep. Hypersleep. We know it. We love it. If you've seen literally any science fiction about space travel, chances are you understand what it is. You go to the cryogenic freeze or you go into the crazy cool space pod. Yeah. And you go nighty night and you hibernate. You get the hypersleep hyper sickness, mm. you know, and when you get out, sometimes they're like, you got to get your space legs. Yeah. Or like you feel or you feel nauseous or like everybody's like, don't worry, you're a little groggy because of the hypersleep, but you'll be fine. Yeah. Uh, or and, and then you're fine. Chances are what happens is you get you get woken up early because something has gotten onto the ship. That's yeah, what happens. Like Chris Pratt. <laughs> Chris Pratt gets on the ship and wakes you up early and ruins your life. But by act three, you're cool with it. and You want to smooch him. <laughs> well, there's a story this week. It's a uh, garbage film. Smooching Pratt. I'm, I'm sorry. I know you're trying to get to the real thing, That's but it's right. a garbage film. What? It's a Passengers is the worst film. Oh, Passengers. I have not even seen that. Oh, my I've God. I've not seen Passengers. It's terrible. Is it bad? He's He sneaks onto this ship that he's not supposed to be on, and he can't get into hypersleep. And, um... And so he's alone and he's going to be alone for like 40 years, but he sees a pretty, he sees a pretty lady in hypersleep and he's like, I'm going to wake up that pretty lady and then she'll be my friend and my girlfriend and we'll smooch. Mm. And it's like, oh, okay, you're going to, you're going to ruin this person's life. You're, this person planned to be asleep for the next 40 years (laughs) to wake up on another planet that she was then going to help because she's one of the best and brightest. And you are a dumb, a dummy man who's going to wake her up and charm her in the vacuum of space into loving you. Yeah. And she's going to forget about that. Like her whole family's probably asleep in there. <laughs> well, she's never going to see them again. Welcome to the Pratt cast. Welcome to the Pratt cast where we continually dislike Chris. Pratt, where every Chris week Pratt. we find a new reason to dislike. You Chris would Pratt. think it would be a fan cast, but it's not. <laughs> it really is. It's really not. <laughs> Next week, he ruined Garfield, and you would think that would be impossible. Go on. The voice of Mario for the Super Mario Brothers movie? Yeah, that's a, that's an episode. Uh, all right, well, this is a this is a story that was uh, posted on our Discord, which is a great place to find stories, great place to talk to folks. Oh, yeah. Great place. This was posted. So many discussions yeah. about so many things. And if you want to get in there, patreon.com slash we have concerns, dollar or more a month. So simple. This was posted by our patron, Bosco. Thanks, Bosco. Uh, bo- of the Bosco and Honey cartoons? I'm assuming. I don't know any other Boscos, so I guess, yeah. It's got to be the one. 
Uh, I love your work. <laughs> this is a story about some scientists who did the math about, hey, do you think space sleep, space hibernation, a chronic uh, uh, human, I said chronic, I meant cryogenic, human, mm-hmm. any kind of forced torpor, you know, T-O-R-P-O-R, torpor, torpor, how's yeah. that pronounced? Torpor? Torpor, Yeah. I think there, I think there's a reason why you don't hear that word very much anymore is it's like, it's, it's, it doesn't jive with the way the modern mouth wants to move. You don't want to say torpor. And pronounce. Yeah. Torpor. Torpor. It feels, it's too, it's too much effort. Yeah. There's a lot of, a lot of gymnastics involved in my mouth. Yeah. Torpor. Torpor. Yeah. It just feels like, it feels like you're trying too hard when you say it. <laughs> well, the, these scientists in Chile decided to do some math and and uh they released a new study about hibernation and whether it would actually be useful in a situation where we would want to put humans to sleep for long periods of time would it actually give us the benefits that we're looking for for suspended animation for long space travel okay so what they did is they took a look at all of the different kinds of creatures of various size of various mass that hibernate on earth and they checked out their metabolism both when they are in a hibernated state mm-hmm. and when they are active and they charted that to see what the benefits are at different mass levels what the relationship is between the metabolism and mass of these creatures both in active states and hibernating and, okay. you know, you say the word hibernation, the first thing anybody thinks of is a bear, right? Oh, I was going to say Chris Pratt, but we already did that. <laughs> is he a bear? I'm not sure. Uh, I think, I, I, I think, yes, I think he would be. If he was in the LGBT community, I believe Chris Pratt would be a bear. Is he hairy Although, enough? I don't know if he's hairy enough. I don't know. He may be too ripped these days. Yeah. Too. I don't know. It depends on whether he's doing a Marvel movie or not at the time. I'm sure he could bear up if he needed to. Absolutely. Uh, Anyway, so, you know, and you say hibernation, you say uh, uh, most people think bear. But interestingly, bears, scientists are are kind of divided on whether they are true hibernators because they behave, they hibernate in a way that no other animal does. Mm -hmm. Usually when we're talking about hibernation, we're talking about this, this state of torpor where the body cools down, the heart rate slows, even brain function reduces to near zero for creatures. It's not sleep. It is this crazy state where the body shuts down and does basically 98% of the body's functions just stop functioning. It, it's a, it's a it's a bizarre state that these creatures get into. There's bats that do it. There's mice yeah. that do it. But almost all of the animals that do it, and certainly almost all the mammals that do it. There's some monkeys that do it. Are very small. Their body is. Birds do it. Bees do it. <laughs> even the flowers and the trees. Do That's it. right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so. The fact that a, that a bear at its crazy size and mass uh, can spend up to 100 days not eating or drinking 
not going to the bathroom. That's another thing that's a big difference about how bears hibernate. Most creatures on this planet that hibernate, that go into this hibernative state, wake up a lot. They they stir. They they. Oh, okay. I thought you were. I thought you were going to say that bats are just hanging upside down and pissing themselves. No, no, no. Which is like, which is like, that's come on, because that's actually that's you're just peeing in your own mouth. <laughs> Yeah. And that's like that, that I think as much as I love the idea of hibernation, if it was hanging upside down and peeing into your own mouth to do it, Not do I think it. that would ruin hibernation. It would ruin space travel. Let's be honest. It would absolutely ruin space travel for me. So I'm glad that you're I'm glad that you're about to say no, you just wake up. And no, they, they, yeah, most uh, most animals wake up frequently, actually, pretty frequently. And they urinate and defecate. They uh, drink liquids. They mm-hmm. and they warm their bodies by moving around, uh, and then they go back. That makes sense. That makes sense. It's 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 pretty wild. Bears do not. Bears' bodies have a unique uh, ability to basically recycle internally. So there's no urina- urination or defecation when they're hibernating, but they somehow manage to sort of recycle those fluids inside their body, so they don't even need to. Why don't they do that all the time? I would do that all the time. Well, How do you not do that all the time? Well, it requires... If I was a bear, I would never pee. <laughs> Can you imagine never having to pee? That'd be so great. That would be great. That'd be awesome. Oh, my Lord. The amount of time that I could save just by never having to go to the bathroom. I mean, we're talking about minutes. Yeah. But you know, that's... We're talking about whole minutes a day. But not just that, Jeff. We're talking about... We're talking about uh, uh, a productivity flow. Yeah. Right. Well, if I'm if I'm really into, I mean, I mean, it's as opposed to the physical flow, right? right? So the productivity flow. Sometimes I'll be like, I'll be like on a tear doing something. I'll be like, I got to go to the bathroom, and like a like a stubborn child, I will not go to the bathroom. Yeah. And I will, but you know, then the I'm already thinking about going to the bathroom, and the productivity is already flagging no matter what. It's a whole thing. (laughs) What if I didn't have to pee like a bear? Yeah. Think about that. Yeah, maybe we just need to hire more bears. You know, get them. Or, or or I could just get a catheter. There you go. That sounds disgusting. That sounds like the most comfortable <laughs> and hygienic and not weird solution. <laughs> yeah. That. So bears, so bears don't have to do that, though. Bears are just sleeping. They're, they're just, just straight sleeping. Well, it's not sleep, right? I mean, actually, with bears... No, it's, God, no. With, God, no. With bears, it's closer to sleep than true hibernation. True hibernation is not sleep at all. In fact, <laughs> some scientists believe that part of the, like, coming out of the hibernation state is so that animals can sleep, which is weird. Right. It's like they need oh. to they need to sleep so they can't hibernate for a second. They're like, ah, I need to get out of the hibernate hibernation so I can actually get some sleep. <laughs> Just crazy. That's fascinating. Yeah. Well, I guess because the body is doing so much stuff. Yeah. To keep it regulated. Well, that's the thing, too, is we don't know. We have no idea why creatures need sleep and what what the yeah. brain is doing. We have lots of theories, but there's no real answer as to why what the brain is doing during the sleep hours and why it's required. Why, if you don't sleep, your brain will go haywire. Right. But so there's, you know, hibernation, whatever, whatever those requirements are, hibernation is not fulfilling. Right. Because uh, the, the brain state in, in true hibernating animals is, is near zero. Like their brain isn't doing anything. It's not sleeping. It's just, it's just like shut off. Just wild. 
no thoughts, head empty. Yeah. I want to, I want to, I want to hibernate. I, I mean, it would be a wild, right? I wonder what that, it just, it, you complete your body all shuts down. It's like 2% of what, what your body normally does is it's doing during hibernation. That's you know, I crazy. think we would all be so much happier if we hibernated during the winter. Well, you know, in looking at this story, I don't want to get off on a tangent too far, but in looking at this story, I found God a, know us. I found another story uh, from 2020 in the uh, uh, on Science Alert that said um, there is some evidence to believe that early humans, that's our sort of uh, evolutionary ancestors, did hibernate during the winter. Why did we get rid of that? That's so dumb. Yeah, it's pretty wild. The the um the the reason that they think this is because uh you know we've talked about the that crazy cave. Oh, what's it called? It's got an awesome name. Uh, that crazy cave where there's like tons of remains from. Uh, oh, the Lasco. But I know it's the Lasco paintings, right? Is is that what you're thinking about? No, it's um uh the Cima de los Huesos, the Chasm of Bones in Spain. Oh, right. Yeah, it's this deep shaft. Uh, that where I guess just a bunch of ancient humans stumbled into over time and fell and died and had no way to get out. And so, Jeff, I want to commend you for talking about the chasm of bones and the deep shaft and not going and not going where I thought you were going to go with it. <laughs> I actually want to commend you for Sometimes that. Sometimes your bones. That might be the first time you've ever, you've ever not taken that opportunity. Well, you know, you're growing. Yeah. Sometimes, sometimes we grow. Sometimes we grow and our bones go in a deep shaft, you know, whatever. Mm -hmm. uh, anyway, so just to finish this sort of side tangent point up, the, the, the reason that they think this happened is because they looked at the fossil fossils of, of these uh, ancient humans and they found vitamin D deficiency from lack of exposure to sunlight um, annually, right? And they found yeah. um, um, annual intermittent puberty which is weird which seems like something that would happen if you like went dormant and then came out of dormancy huh that's interesting. crazy right so they think that humans may have seems like that could be solved by like just finding a shady spot under a tree right because then you get your good you get your good vitamin d and everything <laughs> you're right don't and you can still don't hibernate in the still dark. hibernate yeah but then predators no. find you and eat you while you're you know hibernating not good oh Everything should hibernate. We should have it. Yeah. It should be like, it should be like those World War One treaties where it's like, no, y'all can play soccer for an hour and we won't shoot. You know? Yeah. yeah. It should be like it that. It should be like that. And, every, <laughs> should and everybody like, should that's just. How nature should work. Nature should work that way where it's like, okay. It's Christmas. No eatsies, all... <laughs> no eatsies, no eatsies, no backsies. Yeah. It's a, uh, it's a holiday, everybody. No, uh, no eatsies. Everybody, it's, everybody, it's winter. Let's just all, let's uh, fuck off. We're not doing it. Yeah. We're not doing, life is tough. We're not doing it right now. Yeah. So he said, yeah, their bones showed scars of months of sleeping without enough fat stores, a lack of vitamin D. Crazy. Anyway. So yeah, it sounds like they just weren't doing it right. <laughs> I bet I could hibernate better than them. <laughs> but you could. Uh, anyway, back to our, uh, back to our main story. So, mm -hmm. so what happens is, so it, basically if you, if you imagined an adult human hibernating, basically and I am, and it's me. <laughs> Your daily food intake is around 12,000 kilojoules. If you were hibernating, that would be replaced by a need of about a couple of hundred kilojoules of body fat. Mm -hmm. So 
Basically, that means that you would lose about six grams of fat a day. And over a year, that would add up to around two kilograms of weight. So you Okay. And we also know that when your body when your body consumes fat, I mean it might be different if we were hibernating, but we know that when your body consumes fat, it doesn't just consume fat. It will consume muscle first if it can a little bit. Right. And which would also be a problem, I would imagine. It it is a it is a problem. Some uh some Animals have that problem that they actually have like kidney disease coming out of hibernation, like literal animals that hibernate as part of their regular behavior often have these problems when they come out of hibernation. If they, you know, they'll get diseases while they're hibernating. It's crazy. But um, the answer to your question of like why bears don't just do it all the time is because like other animals that hibernate, they have to prepare. They have to like get a bunch of fat onto their body. They have to eat a lot to store yeah. up the reserves that they're going to expend during the process. Oh no, I'd have to eat a bunch of junk food and then go to sleep. <laughs> oh no, you're right. Yeah. It sounds terrible. We probably shouldn't do it. Hibernating winter is, uh, is predicated by, uh, preceded by uh, dessert fall. You know, they call it the snacking <sighs> autumn. <laughs> Jeff, you're just making this sound better and better, yeah, buddy. It sounds pretty good. Okay. Imagine we we're 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 awake for the we're definitely awake for the good parts of the year, right? We got our spring, we got our summer, right? And then fall things start getting a little chillier. You start craving more sweets. You just eat all the sweets, yeah. And then you go to sleep for sleep in winter, and then you wake up felt and you're it's beach body time. <laughs> it's it's the it really is the perfect lifestyle. You literally get you literally get an entire season of sleep. And you wake up, and that's your diet. You wake up ready for beach bod time. That's just, I'm telling it's beautiful. you, this is what's up. Well, here's the problem, Anthony. Here's the All problem. Right, here's what me. these scientists determined. So they graphed okay. the mass to metabolism rate on hibernation and active non-hibernation time periods. And they found that there was a point of mass that is reached where the gain you get by hibernating, the the benefit of hibernation becomes zero. And do you want to know what that mass is? Sure. Basically the size of a human being. Now, when you say gain from hibernation, like... I'm not looking to get anything out of it. The hibernation is the point. Well, I, I know you are, but they're saying if so, if you're going to go into this hibernating state while you are traveling to the stars, for example, the whole okay. point is to require fewer resources than you would be if you were awake and just like sleeping. Uh, That's well, the whole point, right? Is to, is to go into the state, be able to shut your body down to a large extent go much, much longer on fewer resources and survive like that. And the point that yeah. they're saying is like, it, it, the gain you get is zero. You literally could just lay on your back, watch Netflix, read a book, and, and mostly sleep, and you would require the exact same amount of food, water. You get no benefit well, from hibernating. Okay, but they're just looking at, that's they're looking at one part of the hibernation. And yes, obviously there is something to be said 
if the Wayland Yutani Corporation is sending you out to uh, to salvage uh, a ship that's a few light years away, yeah, it's dope if you are asleep that whole time and they don't have to feed you, right? Like that's from the that's you're they're looking at this from the point of the of the corporate space lords. What I'm saying is there are other points to the hibernation. Like it's also uh, it's it's also presupposed in the idea of hypersleep that you are you are frozen to an extent. You are not aging. Mm. That's a huge part of it. There's also a part of the of the hypersleep that says you are not going insane because you're not awake on a tin can right. for forty for 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 forty years or you know even three years if you're going somewhere you know uh that's that's part of the point of it is you don't you don't age and you don't go insane the the it costs less is like literally that tells me that we're already studying how to put me and you into sub economy <laughs> do you know what i mean right well like but i mean i think co- cost yes from a dollar's perspective but also cost from a what's it cost to the human body to to go through this right basically mm-hmm. they're saying you get it doesn't cost the human body less energy. You don't. Right. So, but are they, are we, but are they freezing us in this or are we just hibernating? Well, this is, so this is just supposing when we don't have the technology to like cryo freeze ourselves and then come out of it, right? We don't have the technology. Well, we don't have the technology to go to space either. And they're talking about it. Well, the point here is like, if we were able to basically do what animals on earth can do, would sure. this benefit Which is us? not what I'm interested in. <laughs> I mean, it is what I'm interested in, but that's just from a personal perspective. Yeah. No, but... It sounds like they're applying a boring a boring thing that they studied <laughs> to a cool thing that we want to do. Well, this may and be... it what, doesn't really... Well, you know... It doesn't really move one-to-one, Jeff. It doesn't move one-to-one. Well, the... I, I think you're accurate in saying that the headline about it being related to space is a snazzy headline that it kind of isn't exactly the point of the study. The point of the study was why do you hibernate, you know? And the, and, yeah. and, the, and the real result of this is like, well, we kind of know why bears are a huge outlier and don't do it like anybody else. The vast- oh my God, then send a bear into space and let's watch it. Let's do something. <laughs> you said space. space. You want to have space put bears a bear- now? I got to worry about Yo. space bears? Listen, your odds of dying in a space bear attack are so like compared to just any other like mundane accident. They're gonna go way it's up if we start, if we start putting bears in space. Look, my, Look, the odds are it, gonna skyrocket, Anthony. Jeff, am I? It's a non-zero, obviously. You know everything is, but what I'm going to tell you is, we gotta send a bear into space okay. and see what happens today. At some point today. At some point, we gotta see what hibernation does to a bear in space. Today, my odds of getting mauled by a bear in space are zero. Why? Sure. Because we haven't put any bears in space yet. But if I right. if I take the Carboni plan, mm. my odds of getting mauled by a bear in space now still be- zero. You're not in space. Well, yet. See, you're doing the same thing. You're presupposing stuff that they're presupposing. Here's here's my thing, Jeff. You there's no there's no space in this. What the, because this is why I don't like headlines or 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 angles like this in an article. Is it's like. Well, if we went to if you went to space right now, you couldn't hibernate. Yeah. And it's like, motherfucker. Well, if as long as we're playing imaginary, I'm going to space. <laughs> we do have it. Well, it's I think we it's, do have the technology. It's interesting. Oh, look, not only am I in space, I'm in space and I'm in hypersleep. And when I wake up, I we've got cool artificial gravity and I've got a robot friend <laughs> and I've got all this shit that I'm imagining 
because none of what you're talking well, about has anything to do with actual space what travel. They've disco- what they've discovered is like, hey, if, if the plan was to figure out a way to make human beings hibernate, let's yeah. not wor- work on that because it's not going to work. It's, no, it's not going to give us any benefit. No, you're forgetting about the freezing. <laughs> but freezing is, is part of it. Hibernation is the co- like massive cooling of the body. It's just It's just done on their own like the the creature does it on its own it's yeah you cool down your body as much as it's natural for a body to cool down a body i am talking about you have to be on ice yeah i know what you're saying you want to like you've got listen i've watched a lot of space (laughs) and i've read a lot of space and they're forgetting about the about the freezy gas that goes (laughs) (laughs) yeah it's true that's why you can't really see when you look into the pod you're not really sure if it's if it's your your you're uh, the the girl that you want to make out with and give kisses to, or if it's like a clone of you, you're not sure because right. it freezes up and it fogs up when it's all the freezy gas. Yeah, you can't tell. Yeah, you have no idea. Sometimes the wrong person gets thrown in there. Yeah, and, and it's part of like an espionage attempt, right? And it's like, oh no, that was the captain. Yeah, what? Right? Or you unfreeze it and it and it it's a it's a clone of yourself that was made to take take your place in the on the new yes. world. Yes. Yeah. The Rockwell the Rockwell conundrum. Yeah. This is the thing. They're not talking about the actual problems that go into these things. I want to know how we're going to solve the Rockwell conundrum. I want to know how we're going to solve the the Pratt constant, which is if there's a Chris Pratt on your ship, he's going to break the rules in a way that puts everyone in danger and not in like a fun, cool way. In a more of a smoochy like in way. A cre- like in a, yeah, like in a space, like in a space sex pest way. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Is he star? Is he Star Lord? Is he Chris Pratt from Passengers? It doesn't matter. He's slightly a space sex pest, and why aren't we solving that? And the way you want to solve it is to put bears in space. No, I'm just saying if we're going to test actual hibernation, then do it, coward. This ruins my entire space picnic basket plan. Stop. Listen. Stop sending billionaires into space. Start sending bears into space. Okay, the bears deserve it more, and we'll learn more from them. <laughs> The cool thing this study, I think, is I think the study is interesting because we realize why animals above a certain size, except bears, don't hibernate, and and that and probably why bears hibernate in a completely different way than any of these other creatures is because at a certain mass, it just becomes pointless. It doesn't get you anything. Must be nice. It's probably Must what be nice to be a bear. It's probably what all those a- ancient humans down in that bone cave figured out it's like oh shit we can't sleep during the winter because it doesn't work it doesn't get so us anything we, so we don't think that they were actually hibernating hibernating we think that they were just like trying to hibernate the best they could yeah yeah okay i thought that we at one point we had the evolutionary ability to hibernate and we gave it up sort of like how some animals still have the ability to sleep with one eye open no, it, uh, well, we don't know because we're just looking at fossils, but it looks like right. they attempted to either sleep their way through the winter or just stay dormant through the winter. Or maybe there was some sort of actual hibernation that they were I've able tried. to do in this. Because these are not homo sapiens. These are, um, right. uh, well, I'm not going to be able to pronounce this. Heidelberg-genesis? Heidelberg-genesis? They're Nailed ancient it. humans. Um, as somebody who's tried to both sleep through the winter and just stay dormant through the winter. I could have told them it doesn't work. Yeah. I've tried both. They should have called you. They should have called me. More ancient humans should call me. <laughs> Particularly with with weird answers about life. I don't 
I, I, I'm very opposed to putting bears in space. I'm just saying. Okay, I mean, that's fine, dude. And I'm not saying we need to. I'm just saying if you really want to study the effects of hibernation in space, then do it. Don't be a coward. Yeah. I'm, that's all I'm, I'm saying. I'm a little bit of a coward and when it comes to bears, though. Here's what I'm saying. Send one of these billionaires up into space, and I'm not naming a specific one because I don't need that legal heat. <laughs> but I'm saying send a, send one of these billionaires into space with a bear. Oh, now you're talking to make I think, to make it worth the cost. I think we we send the billionaire into space and we tell them they gotta hang upside down like a bat and urinate into their own mouths. Now all the cool astronauts do it. I I I hope the astronauts are hazing the billionaires so much. <laughs> like when they're when they do these like when they do these like press meet and greet events, like you know, like when the when the fucking Blue Origin, when fucking Jeff Bezos had his dumb cowboy hat on. <laughs> And he was sitting with all the astronauts and he had his dumb cowboy hat and they were like, we love, we love our Jeffy and his dumb cowboy hat. You know, I hope that's what they were doing for the press. And then backstage, they were just like noogieing that dude into submission. Yeah. I hope they were just hazing the hell out of him. <laughs> That'd be awesome. Because, you know, you think about an astronaut and they're all like super trained scientists or, or like test pilots, like people who've really like spent their whole lives trying to be astronauts. And this guy just walks up and goes, I've got a billion dollars in yeah. a dumb hat that I bought from myself with free shipping. Yeah, 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 yeah. From and they're like, cool, welcome, welcome to space, I guess. Yeah, you think that they I were like- I guess we're letting everybody into space now. You think they're like, hey, uh, hey, Jeff, uh, can you grab the space pistols? <laughs> and he's like, where are they? I, I've looked in every container in here. Like, I'll just keep looking, Jeff. Just keep looking for space pistols. The laser pistols. <laughs> Just in case we need to defend ourselves. Just keep looking. We got laser pistols in one of these compartments. Just keep looking. God. I Okay, just <sighs> to sum up, just to sum up sum the story, up. to tell you why sum I do up. think it's interesting, even though you've attempted to undermine it at every No, turn. I get why you think it's it's cool to that we know more about why animals yeah. hibernate and why it, hibernation, why it makes sense. Hibernation how. is a means of energy conservation. And it turns out, mm -hmm. It just doesn't conserve enough energy when you get to a certain mass. And so that explains why, like, well, it's not really useful for humans to do it or anything yeah. ab above the size of a human, which is like, well, wow, that's fascinating that bears do because they, now, they do it differently. I've, I've let you say this three times and you still think that I'm undermining you. I'm not undermining you. You got to say it. I'm just saying there was no space. Well, that's how I got you to listen. The hibernation yeah, and story. your trickery did not pay off, did it? Because I'm li I feel lied to now. <laughs> You've irreparably ruined the fabric of our friendship. Mm. How does that feel? That's fine. Probably fine, right? <laughs> <laughs> uh, hey, if you would like to be one of my new friends now that my friendship with Jeff is over, uh, a great way to do that is to give us money. Yeah. Uh, you can go to patreon.com slash we have concerns and give us a dollar or more a month. And show up on our uh, our Discord, which is our community server where you can chat about whatever you want. You can set up and play games with each other if you'd like to. Uh, talk about books, movies, science, suggest ideas for uh, episodes. All of that stuff happens. It's a really lovely place to be. Patreon.com slash we have concerns. Jeff, time isn't time. We know this. Time is a flat circle is what I'm my understanding. All right, all right, all right. Yeah. Yes. Time is not constant. Time is malleable. This is a thing that we know. Yes. If I live here in California and now you live in Colorado, I assume at the top of a mountain. Yes. That's, that's all where everybody lives here. in yep. Colorado. Mm -hmm. It's all mountains. Yep. 
you are now, Jeff, aging faster than me. You're not just what? much older than me. You're getting continually older than me now at a faster rate than you ever were. Wait, what? Yeah, uh, because time has to do with a lot of things, including gravity, mass, speed. This is what that Einstein guy was talking about. Mm, if you are, if you are, you know, you know the Einstein. If, that's all you have to do is you say Einstein and everybody goes, oh, right, right, right. And then they pretend, then we all pretend that we understand and we keep going. Yeah. But but this is what the general theory of relativity is. Uh, you are now at slightly lower gravity. There is slightly less mass to the air. If you and I set a timer and we're watching seconds and milliseconds tick by, after a certain amount of time, your timer will be at a different time than mine. That's just the way time works. Better time, I would say. Well, it depends. Uh, do you do you love how fast you're aging? <laughs> no, that's just a direct question to you. Um, <laughs> so we know this. This is you know this is the uh, what's the name of that? You know Christopher Nolan. Uh, you yeah know. the uh, the 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 all right all right all yeah. right space yeah what's what's that movie? All I want to say is Inception. It's not Inception. It's uh, another I word, isn't it? Interstellar. Interstellar. Thank you. Interstellar. I was a little bored by Interstellar. I know we've talked about this, but um, yeah. So we know this. This is, or if you are of a certain age, it's the flight of the navigator problem, Mm, right? But we all, you know, you go out. No matter what time it is, we all eventually turn into Pee Wee Herman, right? And that's horrible for all of us. (laughs) Uh, so here's the thing. Time is not standard. Time is constantly, ch- but not only is time not standard between two places, time is constantly changing here on Earth. Time is different now than it was thousands of years ago. And we now have to do something about that. And you would think, oh, cool. Are we building like some sort of like cool thing to like speed up or slow down the core of the Earth? Are we putting a giant jet rocket? No. It's time, Jeff, to remeasure the standardized second. Ooh, how do we do that? Yeah, you like that, right? I'm into it. I we we've done a couple of these standardized units of measure stories, and I always love them because the folks that are in charge of figuring out a way to measure shit are awesome. Like that, they're unbelievable. Awesome. The, just the 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 process of figuring out like what is a, a, an objectively knowable thing. I find fascinating. Yeah. So I, I do too. We talked about the, we talked about the kilogram. Yes. The perfect kilogram. I love the perfect kilogram. And there's a reason why these, these standardized things are so important. Measuring a new second, Jeff, because time is connected to mass. It's connected to gravity. It's connected. Measuring a new second changes every other standard measurement, Mm. including things like the kilogram. Time is connected to mass. If we understood, if if enough people were physicists and we understood how many grams are in a second, you could order, according to this article, uh, uh, Noel C. DeMarc, the physicist and uh, president of the BIPM, which is the organization that's measuring, remeasuring the second. He's like, you could go to the grocery and say how many seconds of potatoes you want as opposed to kilograms of potatoes, if we were all up on our measurements. That's rad. Isn't that cool? Yeah. There are, uh, there are sites like that. that uh, there's a site called like standardized units or something like that, 
where you can literally put in any type of thing that you want and get any unit out that you want, even if the unit doesn't make sense to you. So you can do kilograms to hours if you want. That's on this site. Yeah, it's amazing. So the deal is we have been measuring time since 1967 with that really good atomic clock, the cesium-133 right, clock. Yes. We talked about mm-hmm. this. Here is the problem with that. Atomic time and what we think of as time are different. Universal time is changing. Atomic time does not. Interesting. So atomic time is measuring how, uh, how long it takes an electron to circle uh, right. nucleus, right? Right. So cesium, they use cesium-133 and it's, um, it's how many times it spins around its nucleus in a second and they go, great, that's a second. And here's the thing, that's never going to change. But isn't that a good on an thing? Atomic, on an atomic level, it's a great thing. On a universal level, it's not because the speed of the rotation of the earth has slowed down a little bit. Right. Our position in space has, has changed. All of these things are changing, which makes what we feel and count as a second, one, 1,000, two, 1,000, three, right. 1,000. That's different than what an atom knows as a second. And it's slowly been changing over thousands of years. And that's why you may not know this, but we have to add leap seconds into our measurements of the year. Yeah, right. Once a year, we, I think it's every year and a half, we have to turn off the, the cesium clocks for a second and let them catch up. Now, is this because we're talking about time in relation to the orbit of the Earth around the sun and the rotation of the Earth around its, you know, its It's all center? of it. So it's all of it. Be- it's not just that, but it's what that means for, it's what that means for gravity. It's what that means for the change of weight. It's what it means for everything. So wait, because the, that like for- is imprecise and, and mm-hmm. changing and the the time it takes for an electron to rotate inside a, an atom yeah. does not change and is not, and is constant. Those things are in tension with one another. And so we can't use one to measure the other. That's what we're saying. Atoms at the time that we started using atoms to count the second, those atoms were counting what a second was back in 1957. Right. A second is now slightly different but that atom has not changed the number of times it oscillates yeah but when people look back at the old 1950s second i think they have an idealized version of what that second is like it's not sure you know we think oh things were so much better when the second was the 1950s second but eh, no not everything was the ozzy and, and ozzy and harriet second you know what i'm saying yeah no it wasn't it wasn't seconds weren't great for everybody back then yeah a lot of people had some really horrible seconds back then I and think we have a, to acknowledge a lot that. of our problem is that we just, you know, we look back on the old 50 seconds with uh, rose colored glasses. Yeah, absolutely. So now that we know that the atomic clocks are not going to be a forever option for us, we have two choices. And this is what the uh, this is what the BIPM is trying to do. This is the International Bureau of Weights and Measures. Uh, it is those letters seem backwards to you. It's because you don't f- speak French and you're a Philistine. Um, <laughs> so 
they're the same ones that in 2018 were like, this is the new, this is the new kilogram. This is the new yeah. ampere. This is the new Kelvin. This is the new mole, the, the amount of substance. Didn't so, we find out that we have at least one patron that works for this organization? Didn't we find that out? Did we? I thought we found that out. I could be completely making that up, but I thought we, we found out somebody that, or somebody that worked in some way that would, that was around that kilogram, yeah. like had something to do with the manufacture of it or something. Yeah. If you're that, if you're that patron, um, scream into a well until we answer <laughs> or tweet at us or however people get in touch with each other. Um, so here's the thing. They, they read it all those units, but now they have to redo the second because all of those units are dependent on the second and they're trying to figure out how to redo the second because it's not easy. They're trying to figure out how they're going to measure the second and how they're going to keep that constant measurement going. So it's not just about can the BIPM create a measurement of a perfect second. It's can then all of the world clocks and everything that needs to sync to perfect time, will they be able to have something they can check that also measures to the perfect second, right? Mm -hmm. So the atomic clock is not going to be it anymore. Now, what they're working on is an, op is an optical clock. Okay. So this is uh, optical atomic clocks. So these basically, they can measure atoms that have a much faster natural res resonance. So cesium-133 already ticks at like 9 billion revolutions a second or something like that. So we're talking about something that's even more precise than that hmm. and we're using essentially we're using like their those ticks because it's an optical clock their frequencies are on the visible range of the electromagnetic spectrum right so these optical clocks we can see the light from these revolutions they use basically um i'll, I'll pop it up so you can see it um it's essentially uh, a bunch of late super cooled lasers. All lasers are super cool, dude. Come on. Yeah, yes. But these are like ice cold. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, what's cooler than cool? <laughs> ice cold. You're right. Ice cold. And uh, it's fucking wild looking. It honestly. Whoa. Yeah. It honestly looks like something fake it does look like it looks like a video game it looks like you've asked it looks like you asked a child to come up with what goes on in labs <laughs> it's a bunch of like yeah. super cooled pneumatic tubes and pipes and and like wires and then just a bunch of different color lasers yeah um, if a, going if a through set decorator had to create a sciencey mad scientist lair that's what they would make yeah exactly it can't be real it can't be real right but that's what it is. And that is uh, a clock that is measuring yttrium. Ooh, what's yttrium? Which is one of the, or I'm sorry, yttrium. Yttrium. Not yttrium, yttrium. Um, this is one of the atoms that they're looking at. Listen, nobody's been cast yet, but yttrium is, is not just the fan favorite. I think, I think the crew really wants yttrium to be part of this too. <laughs> Are we talking the Chris Pratt it's the, situation? It's the Chris Pratt of atoms right now. <laughs> um, they're looking at a terbium, strontium, mercury, aluminum, 
they've been testing all of these on these optical clocks. There are about 30 optical clocks in the world right now. And here's the problem. They are super, super specific, super accurate, down to billions and billions and billions of revolutions. They take so much work to operate. Yeah. The great thing about a cesium-133 clock, and we all know this, you can just set it and forget it, Set baby. and forget it, yeah. It's the Ronco cesium electric clock. <laughs> That's Ronco you know, atomic clock. Of, uh, yeah. of weights and measures. Yeah, I get you. Exactly. That's the great thing about an atomic clock. You just, you set it and yeah, you check in with it. But like one of these optical atomic clocks basically basically takes like a whole bunch of specialists who are, quote, chained to the table, if you know what I mean, which means they literally are chaining them to the table, (laughs) as far as I'm concerned. So wait, so if they're looking at all these different substances, mercury and unobtainium or whatever you said. Mm -hmm. uh, Yeah, adamantium. Yeah. (laughs) Vibranium. (laughs) If they're looking at all these different substances, what makes one better than the other? One of the things that they're looking at is how many times, like what the resonance frequency is, what the tick is, mm-hmm. and if it's and if it is something that is like cesium one thirty three is great because it's a stable atom, and it is it has a very specific number of revolutions in that tick, like a huge number of revolutions, but it's a number of revolutions that we can accurately measure safely and consistently. So they're looking for the same thing. They're like, what is going to have the most accurate movement, but also is going to need the least amount of oversight, is going to be relatively inexpensive, is not a, is not an element that's so rare we're going to run out of it. Mm. Uh, so all of these unobtainium things. is out, I guess. Listen, buddy, once you got unobtainium, there's no getting rid of it. <laughs> the problem is just getting, yeah. you know what I mean? Right. But um, so wait, so is is the process literally as simple as calculating the number of revolutions and then dividing that number or multiplying that number, I guess it would be, by how long it takes for the Earth to go around the sun? Is that literally what it is? It's like, how, how many times does it do this thing be- before the Earth gets back to this point again? Yeah, kind of. And then dividing kind of, that, right? um, um, you know, dividing that by they're about eight, Yeah, they're about and, like, yeah, know. they're about 86,000 seconds in a day. Um, and that has, the problem is that has changed. Well, yeah, right? I mean, because I think. So what we're looking. If, if, so is, is the, is the goal here to create a second that is accurately a division of a year, i.e. a journey around the sun? Or. Yes. Okay, that's the goal. Yes. And we're looking for something that that has a number of oscillations that like, number one, will work with this new equipment, right? right. The, reason why, well, the reason why we can't just take cesium and put it into these new optical clocks is cesium's energy is electromagnetic, right? right. It's basically radio waves. Um, what we're looking for for this optical clock is we're looking for something that gives off energy in light waves. So it's optical. Yeah, right? I get you. I get you. Yeah. But, so I mean, we can't. So we can't just use cesium anymore. Well, fundamentally, though, I feel like this is a fool's errand, right? Because 
isn't it more, I guess, as human beings, we are very concerned with having a second defined as a, uh, a subsection of our journey around the sun. But isn't it more effective and more interesting and better to just have a second as defined in the abstract, like based on an atomic clock instead of, yeah. instead of tying it to this, this journey in space that it is changing and inconstant and, and like that doesn't seem to be useful for us. Yeah, it it does to a certain extent the practicality of it, right? Like they're talking about the time that we that we lose. Right. And it's something like I think it's something like we've lost three hours in two thousand years or something like that. Which, I've lost three hours in the last day and a half. I don't know where they went. Right? Um it's kind it's kind of wild because like what good does this do? I guess the good that it does is because time changes, we'll talk about you, me, and somebody in Japan or Italy or some, somewhere on the other side of the world, right? <laughs> That's at a slightly different, uh, a slightly different uh, uh, elevation. Uh, here's the thing. If you, if the three of us are all working on some sort of like very precise scientific experiment mm -hmm. that requires us all to get perfect measurements. Yeah. And all of our seconds are different. Yeah. Because we're measuring using our watches or stopwatches or even scientific, even right. scientific equipment that's made for measuring that. All of our, all of our answers are going to be off. Yeah. We need, to, gonna we need to know what the differential is. We have to know yeah. that. So for you and me, it's like, Baby, I'll be dead before you even have a fucking leap second. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like a leap minute. Like no, I'll be dead before. I remember uh, watching the, uh, the. There's a documentary about uh, these, you know, space telescopes that were all watching something at the same time from all over the world, and how they had to calibrate all of the positions of all those things down to such a, a minute degree that it was, you know, very difficult that in order to. And I think. You're right. Yeah. We don't think of it as, as mattering when you're off by such a tiny sliver of a second. But when you are trying to calibrate stuff globally, it does or, matter. Or universally, right? Yeah. Like you talk about a space telescope and it's like, look, this one thing that's going to happen in space is going to be visible in this position in the sky at <laughs> this precise time yeah. for literally half a second. What, are you going to fucking miss that? Right. Absolutely not. So for you and me, I don't give a shit. Right. But for people who are really measuring this stuff, who are who are trying to, or even you think about stuff like just how quickly does it take to send something from, you know, even measuring things like internet speeds, radios, like televisions, like everything. Mm -hmm. Like we need some sort of constant that we can count on and so what we're trying to do now is we're trying to find something because we're constantly losing a little bit of time. It's not a bother to you and me and our fucking swatches that somebody has to turn off the cesium clock once every year and a half. Mm -hmm. But if you're running a very long-term scientific experiment that goes for two, if, if it even goes for two years and you're measuring time, well, we just had to turn off the cesium clock and turn it back on. And so it's not, Exact, exact. Yeah. 
So if we can find some way to make these optical clocks work, and I mean, here's the, here's the other crazy thing. Like, they're talking about how at the University of Boulder at one point, they put like three clocks in three different areas of a, of a lab and they were all getting different times because the gravity was slightly different from room to room. Like, it's fucking wild how much this actually affects things. Yeah, and how, how much variance there actually is when you measure yeah. it to that precision level. Yeah. So now they need a new second because if the second is slipping slightly out of sync, Remember, that means the kilogram is also slipping slightly out of sync. Time keeps that on means slipping, 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 slipping. Into. But that means, you know, the, the, the ampere, the measurement of electricity mm. is moving slightly out of sync. Right. Everything is moving out of sync. And it doesn't matter to you and me, even, you know, even if you're a measure twice, cut once sort of person in the things that you do in your day-to-day life, which right. I am not, I am an eyeball and pray person. <laughs> But if you're somebody who's who's building things on a huge scale, if you're some, hey, if you're going to build the spaceships that are going to send the bears into space, don't do it. There are there are very small tolerances in those materials once you get out into space. Right. And we only have a certain number of bears, especially ones that are trained. <laughs> yeah. Fewer space bears, the better, I say. But you're right. Well, yes. sure. And especially you want the space bears that we do have to be the best space bears we can have. <laughs> I think we can agree on that. Yes, of course. If you're going to do it, do it right. That's what I say. Thank you. That's why you got to use the when you're putting people <laughs> to sleep. The very important. Yeah. <laughs> so this is pretty cool. Like, uh, you know, they're talking about how like it's a once uh, once every 50 years they have to recalibrate all of these units and they want to get it right. And that's why. They want to not use the cesium clocks anymore. That's why they want to figure out how to how to figure how to figure out the perfect second, and it can't be the optical clock yet. And so the the crux of this is they've got to set the new second, and they are still not sure the best way to do it. Crazy! Somebody just time is out of sync until they do Whoa. so. Joe, we will never I know mean, the actual second until we've de- defined a new second. That's kind of wild, that is though. Wild. Time is time is slipping out of sync until they figure this out. Into the future. Do, 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 do. do you think I love it. any one of those scientists that's working on this ever turns to another one and goes, "Cesium? I barely even know him." <laughs> Cesium, <laughs> not without enthusiastic consent. <laughs> yeah, I think probably. Yeah, you know, I would. I think probably, I think any, I think anybody that ends with uh, anything that you're studying that ends with EM, <laughs> just, you're making those, you're making those goofs all day long. Uh, it's really, that's, and that day, Jeff gets longer and longer. And so there's just more time for those goofs. And that's, that's why we got to tighten it up. That's the reward you get for being a scientist. You know, it's kind of a thankless job most of the time until those sparkling moments where you get to turn to your buddy and be like, eh, magnesium. <laughs> <laughs> You were just about to go, I hardly know him again. Yeah, 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 yeah. it was, but you know, it's still funny. But it's, <laughs> it's, like when a, it's like when a little kid tells a joke and the punchline is always the same, <laughs> but the setup is different. Yes. Yeah, yeah. And the kid's like, I know 10 jokes. And you're like, oh boy, I bet you do. <laughs> yeah, my kids, uh, you, you, you'd be amazed at how many things cross the road just to get to the other side, Anthony. <laughs> oh, but it's, it's different every time. Yeah. It's funny every time. Also that to get to the other side. Right. Oh my God. Yeah. Kids are hilarious. Yeah. Kids are hilarious and brilliant. Uh, 
I love this. I love the idea that time is uncertain and also that time is connected to everything. That is makes the, everything uncertain. That's the <laughs> Yes. There you go. Proof that it's all nothing matters. Let it go, baby. There ain't no way to keep up. <laughs> let it, let it go. Who cares? Let the let the bears go to space. Let Chris let the bears Pratt go wake to space. a lady and smooch her. It's uh, nothing matters. Nothing ma- Listen, let the bears go to sl- go to space and let the people hibernate because time is upside down and we might as well do what we want. Unless you're Chris Pratt, let the woman sleep. <laughs> hey, thanks for listening this week. Yeah. Hey. If you liked what you heard, and you know what? Even if you didn't like what you heard, we got more episodes and we got a way you can support the show and make sure more episodes keep happening. And that is by going to our Patreon, patreon.com slash we have concerns. You will find there numerous reasons to support the show, not just out of the kindness of your heart, not just because no, God, nothing no. matters anymore. And although how do you, how do you even measure money now with the, when there's no second? You know, Dude, the dollar is connected to the second. <laughs> the markets are down. Well, you, you got to spend now. You, you got to spend money to make money and you got to spend that money on us. Use that second, that extra second that you just got uh, to head over to patreon.com slash we have concerns. Check out how you can get bonus stuff, uh, extra episodes, cool things, a- access to the discord. And maybe throw some uh, some extra coin our way. We appreciate it. It makes this show possible. It's the only way we monetize it. So give it a shot. Patreon.com slash we have concerns. 